You're about to listen to an episode of Childhood Remastered. Check out our website at childhoodremastered.com for information on how to subscribe and where to find us on social media. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and TV shows and movies and whatnot of our youth and see if it's still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which, you know, is far too often the case. I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we actually are starting a kind of special little series of podcasts. This is going to be the first one in a series. And we are going to use this time to cover Nicktoons. The original Nicktoons lineup. The original four Nicktoons lineup. So this week, that means we're starting with Doug. Doug. Doug was the original Nicktoon. Doug premiered in 91 on Nickelodeon. So I, I was talking to, uh, but before we get into our memory, I was talking to Joy, uh, my wife, about about this. Um, and nothing, I feel like, uh, exemplifies um, the childhood experience of a kid who grew up in the 80s and 90s like the word Nickelodeon. I feel like Nickelodeon, yeah. in, in so many different res- respects, is like the quintessential like '90s time capsule for children's programming. Yeah, the, some of those original things. Uh, Nickelodeon to me was always uh, always reminds me of uh, being at my grandmother's house because uh, okay. because Nickelodeon was a cable channel and oh you didn't have cable. And we didn't have cable at my parents' house, but my grandparents had cable. So during the summers. When I had to stay with my grandparents, because my parents both worked, I spent a lot of the time when I wasn't like in the pool or out at the park or something, I spent the rest of that time usually watching Nickelodeon. Yeah, I I, I love Nickelodeon, like Hey Dude and all of the uh, Salute Your Shorts and all of those. This week we're doing Doug and, uh, and then we're going to do the rest of the lineup of the original four. So next week we got Rugrats and we're going to do Ren and Stimpy and then we're going to do Rocco's Modern Life. In that order. And then we're going to do a break really quickly and we're going to do something else. But we'll get there in a couple weeks. You guys yeah. can figure out where we are. So yeah. so before before we jump into it, uh, we are both drinking just some plain old Sam Adams Boston Lager today. Because it's hot in Southern California. And this is kind of refreshing a little bit. Yeah. Also, I, the reason I, p- I picked Sam Adams is because Sam Adams started to do their... Well, what I remember some of their commercials in the '90s, oh. and and uh, and so uh, I feel like our our options for drinking today were going to be Bud Miller Coors, which is not going to happen. You know <laughs> how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, or it was going to be Zima, and uh, frankly, I can't find Zima unless I want to try and order from Japan. We could so, have gotten some Bartles and James. Remember those commercials? We could have done Bartles and James. <laughs> I would not have drank Bartles and James. Tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, I I did a couple of years ago. I got a, a friend of mine. Him and I uh, decided to to intentionally drink Bartles and James just like for the irony. Yeah. Uh, I had the worst headache ever. Well, ever you after get to, like an hour because there's so much sugar. Yeah, I was gonna say you get the headache some sugar. Uh, so the 
Doug is difficult for me. And I've actually been going through a sort of, I don't know how to describe it because, because, uh, uh, initially when we started watching it, I think I started watching it at least in on mass before you did, you watched one episode and then I watched like all the Doug episodes. Yeah. So I watched the first episode for each show because because I wanted to watch the the two of them kind of in the order that they were on. They used to. I remember them very vividly coming on uh, and watching them uh, like back to back. And then they did their syndicated reruns a couple of years later in yeah. the mid nineties, and they would play those on Nickelodeon, but usually right around dinner time. And my family would. Um, like, we didn't normally get to do a whole lot of, like, dinner TV kind of thing, but we would all, like, do you remember those, like, TV trays that people yes. had? Yeah, so we my had gran- those. My grandparents had them. Yeah, we had, we had, the whole family had a set. <laughs> and they're all, like, some of us had Ninja Turtles, and we had different characters and stuff. And we they would let us uh, watch Doug, uh, uh-huh. at, like, during dinner time. And, uh, and so we didn't get to do that every night, but we got to do it often enough that, like, I have these very vivid memories of watching Doug with my parents uh, and with my brother and sister, and it being like very much like a family thing to do because it's kind of a wholesome show. Yeah, well, See, so sort of. Uh, so yeah, we'll discuss it. Yeah. So what what I was saying, and and cause we had we had talked about this while you were watching, while you had watched it, and your memories of of uh, of Doug. You you had told me that you related a lot to Doug. A lot. You yeah. relate like your 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 childhood is sort of analogous to Doug's childhood in some in, in many some ways. ways not every way but in in many ways and so yeah. what you know you saying that and I started thinking about Doug and and for me Doug was always a show that I watched because it was on it wasn't a show that I was like yes Doug's on let's go watch it it's like well it's on now I was watching the show before it and I want to watch the show after it so I might Which as well watch it yeah oh maybe I don't know but it was it was something where it was it a, filled the space. Yeah, it was an incidental show that I was watching. I had no like love or or hatred for it. It was just an, it was it was there. And rewatching it, I started thinking about Doug as a character and just overall the overall like story. And it really annoyed me. I hated the character so really? much. I didn't like this show at all. And then I started talking to Kathy, and I'm like, man, Doug is a neurotic like overly obsessive overthinking like spaz and he's this and that and and he's so obnoxious and then and then kathy (laughs) says isn't that how you were when you were a kid i said no i was not like that and then i started to think about it i was like god damn it i think i was like that yeah i was i was so much like that like uh so so let's 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 kind of discuss a few things and we'll kind of get into Doug. Uh, we, as you guys know, we changed the format a couple months back. We spent a lot of time in production. We're going to spend less time in production. We want to really talk about this show. We feel like this character and the, the arcs and the story actually have a lot to, to discuss. Yeah, these, these But shows without are... us uh, doing a play-by-play. So yeah. we're going to kind of do something different today. The, the characters themselves, the characters in the show sort of demand a discussion. Yeah. Uh, so... Doug, or Douglas Funny, um, is is a character, he's an 11 and a half year old boy uh, who was created by this uh, writer named Jim Jenkins. And by the way, 11 and a half, if you're just watching the show, you have no idea he's 11 and a half. No, be, well, no, you're right, because... He acts like he's a high schooler. 
And and they have uh, classes like with periods and stuff. Yeah, and like they go to science class and things. And when and I was eleven years old, and I think what is that sixth grade? I I was in one of those schools where all of the classes happened in the same room with the same teacher. Yeah, I had. And that. We didn't have lockers. We, we just had put our desks, our books in our desks. We had that kindergarten through sixth grade, but some schools, uh, junior high is sixth, seventh, and eighth. Yeah, I went to a Catholic school, so I was K through eighth in the same school. We didn't. We it wasn't like. It wasn't like first. What I don't even see this thing. You didn't have periods or any of that. No, until, and, and this thing, okay. this thing kills me. All my friends that went to public schools, to me, K through eight is elementary school for me. And then when I talk to friends that went to public school, they're like, "Oh no, elementary school is like first through fourth, and what? then fifth and sixth is middle school." And oh, then, no, no, and then K, seventh, and, seventh and eighth is junior high. If you actually, if you look it up. Middle school and junior high are usually uh, terms that are interchangeable. Oh, okay. See, and most, I don't even know this shit. And most elementary school, most, quote, elementary education is considered K through 6. Okay, see. That is, like, if you look, like, by, like, state funding standards, like, that's kind of how they look at it, is elementary education fits under K through 6, although technically all the funding comes in in one big block as K through 12. Yeah. And then uh, in California, our... Um, Community college system actually they pull their funding out of the K through twelve and not from the university funding, well, which is why an, they, it's an extension of eighth grade. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> but 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 the reason why, uh, just very quickly in California, I don't know why, but I think I know why. And it's because uh, the university system uh, doesn't want uh, funding pulled from them. Uh, they would, and then the K through twelve doesn't want to pull f- through them, which is why the community college district usually gets like no money. Yeah. So if you're wondering why, then that's that's why, and then that's actually the case in a lot of states, but but that's the case out here in California, at least. So yeah. the only um, difference for me when I got to seventh and eighth grade, when I got to junior high, was that the boys got to wear different colored shirts, and the girls got to wear skirts instead of jumpers. Oh yeah, no, we got to wear whatever the hell we wanted to. Yeah, I was, so. I you know, we had uniforms. So. I pitied a fool. So yeah, so the the show the show ostensibly is about the character Doug. Yeah, Doug Funny and and. Jenkins created Doug as a sort of autobiographical story of himself. What a lame, overthinking, um, neurotic bastard that Jenkins is. He's basically he's, he's us. Alive? Yeah, yeah, I he's know, us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, basically, the conclusion that I came to is that I'm I'm one of those self hating guys. Yes, <laughs> no, I don't I, like thinking about my youth because it annoys me. I was I'm fully aware of of my own. Uh, Neuroses, I guess. So he, I just don't like him on display in in celluloid. Yeah, well, <laughs> here it is. Too bad. It is, yeah. Uh, so he created this in the eighties. Um, he grew up in Virginia, um, and and a lot of the characters themselves are actually based on real people. Um, and he first pitched the book as a children's book, and nobody wanted it. And Nickelodeon at the time they were looking for uh, original programming. Uh, to kind of sort of compete with the Saturday morning cartoon thing and the after school uh, cartoon blocks. And so it ended up being this, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, and then a couple months later, um, it was uh, Rockers of Modern Life. And then there was other shows later, like Hey Arnold and Thornberries and all these other shows that they did later in the 90s. But but it was those core shows, and Jenkins was, was the creator of Doug. And his Doug's hometown is this town called Bluffington, which is a... Kind of, um, Bluffington is not really, I mean, it looks like every town, but it's sort of not like any town. It's, it's got like weird, uh, geographical features that fit like whatever story they're trying to it, tell. You know what? It's um, like, it's like Springfield. 
Yeah, it's a lot it, like Springfield. It's, yeah. it's, it's every town USA or yeah. any town USA. It has a lake. It has mountains. It has... It, you, I mean, at one point, don't they go to like the sea at some point? Like it, it has, it, like you said, every type of geographical phenomena self-contained. And it's a, it's a weird little town too because it's essentially, to me, it reminded me of like Happy Days. It, it's like a town that's ostensibly in modern times but acts like it's in like the 50s. Yeah, like socially it's just like 1950s uh, kind of clean cut. It's very weird. Yeah, like in, um, the, in the first episode... They move to Bluffington. The funny family moves to Bluffington. Oh, and it's got the billboard that does the countdown when they when they drive through, and it's like uh, yeah, eight thousand and one. It was twenty like, twenty thousand or one. whatever. It yeah, was. and he's like, I'm the one. I guess I'm the one. But no, like when they get there, the dad's the dad says to Doug, Oh, hey, Doug, why don't you take your bike down and see if you can get us some fast food somewhere? And he just like sends his eleven year old off to to find food for the family. Uh, it, it's. I I know we're not there yet, but I just wanted to mention uh, Doug's best friend Skeeter. <laughs> he he does this thing. That's how they meet. Is uh, the the fast food thing. What on earth are you trying to say? What do you mean? I can't understand you. Listen, my family is starving, and I. Yo, man, let me take care of this. The new kid wants three new cows, one no cukes, one no sneakers, one wet one, four tubers, and four for the vibe. You want anything else? Well, how do you order a salad from the salad bar? One salad from the salad bar! And the ordering process just makes no sense to me. You know I what don't... it is? It, it's it's like he's he's using diner lingo to like the like the type of diner lingo you would have seen in like mod or something, where it's it's like like he wants he wants two eggs and wreck them and he wants some hashers and slop them and like he he they, he ends up ordering using this like diner lingo. Oh, that reminds me of a Family Guy when uh when uh, when the lady orders Jello and uh, Peter calls out for nervous pudding. <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me of that, but uh, it, like and at that same time, like as part of the the whole like weird salad, then Doug like asks him how to order a salad, and then uh, Skeeter just goes and a side salad. Yeah, and, and how do you order a salad from the salad bar? Uh, one salad from the salad bar, and then uh, and then <laughs> the salad, by the way, is for pork chop, and uh, pork and, chop is his dog. It's his dog. Yeah, and <laughs> and and at that point, that's when uh, Skeeter says. Wow, I've never seen a vegetarian dog before. It's just a phase. And I, I, I felt like that that response of Doug's could not have been more quintessential of the early '90s. The idea that vegetarianism was a phase yeah, that somebody is. would just like grow out of. Uh, well, I mean, I know I'm, plenty I'm of people that are vegetarian. You know, it's yeah, so do you. But, I know, I'm marrying um, one. <laughs> but, but I mean. Think about that time frame, you know, like it's that whole idea of of like it's in a different they live in a different world that's not on planet Earth. Like they all drive cars that sort of look Jetson-esque. Yeah. You know, and they make that noise as they drive down the street. You know, what's funny is that the the sound effects and stuff in the show and including the theme song, uh, it's all like mouth sounds. It's all done by Fred Newman. Yeah. That's and and like. If you've never seen Doug or you've never seen the intro, it's like a lot of like, like, like that stuff with yeah. just, with some like synth music played over it. Yeah. And, and like that, I feel like the music is so quintessential Doug too, yeah. that, that even if you didn't really grow up with Doug, um, if you think of the TV show, Doug, you immediately hear that. And then you hear at some point in your head, you hear, Hey Doug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
like I can't. There's no way that I can think of Doug and not think of that music. There's no way. I just I can't do it. Um, let's run through the characters really quick before we get into the show. I mean, so again, we mentioned Doug. So Doug, Doug is interesting because he's played by someone that I'm pretty sure we haven't mentioned before. And he is like a very famous voice actor. Well, especially in the last like 20 years or so. Um, and he got, I feel like, I don't know what he did. Actually, no, I do know where he got his start. He got his start doing like radio bits for uh i forget what radio yeah, show it's a radio new, show in new york or something i think it was chicago, Ooh, chicago. Oh, whatever. maybe it was yeah. one of the two he got yeah. he got he got to start doing uh, radio bits in, in on, on a radio and then show. he got a job working for warner brothers doing uh he was replacing mel blanc uh characters he yeah. got famous for doing impersonations of his characters and so if you want to hear some of his like early stuff watch the movie space jam and he's like elmer fudd and bugs bunny in that and he does a bunch of those roles my favorite Voice that he does is Zap Brannigan. This is Billy West, um, by the way. Yeah, I don't Billy think we West. ever said that. <laughs> no, Billy West. Yeah, he I, he's known as Professor Fonsworth and uh, and Fry. Um, he's also Ren and Stimpy. He's well, sort of. We're gonna talk about it in a couple weeks. He's Stimpy, quote Stimpy, but also quote Ren. And the yeah. reason why I put quotes around that is because he was Stimpy from start to finish. And Ren was actually voiced by the creator of Ren and Stimpy. And then he, there was like a big, like a whole bunch of drama and he got kicked out of his own show. (laughs) And, and then he, and then Billy West ended up filling the spot for Ren later. So we're we're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks. Um, But I love Zap Brannigan. I love Zap Brannigan. And I'm determined, I'm determined to to try and do a Zap Brannigan Halloween costume. It'd make my wife uncomfortable <laughs> on purpose. I was at a Halloween party uh, this year, actually, where someone went as Zap Brannigan. It was Kathy got a picture with him. Well, I was thinking because she's got my wife has purple hair at the moment, so she could be uh, Leela. Oh, uh, that right? would work. How perfect would that have been? Yeah, I, uh, and then have, li- have and then ever, my little could be Nibbler, right? Yeah, I could yeah. Work. Have you ever heard the uh, Have you ever heard the theory that Zap Brannigan is the way he is because uh, he had a mental breakdown after? some battle before the show takes place where he lost like a vast majority of, of the men under his command. So he sort of loses it and he becomes like, he becomes this like caricature of a, of a military guy at that point. I'd never heard of that before. But yeah. That's awesome. Like he used to actually be a very, like how else could he be like uh, whatever his stupid rank is in Futurama, like major, major rear admiral general whatever it is whatever yeah. zap brannigan like at what point how could he have gotten to that rank if he was just a complete buffoon the whole time yeah so essentially by the time we get to him on futurama he's his uh, mind is broken he's just kind of coasting yeah yeah exactly uh so i just i want to read this quote from uh, jenkins uh about doug uh doug by the way is so i mentioned earlier is a like an 11 and a half year old boy who's got this like really crazy imagination and he's as we mentioned, insecure and sort of introspective. Neurotic. And he wants to be popular. I mean, he plays a banjo, for God's sake. His kid is not going to ever really be cool. He plays a banjo. He keeps a diary every day. A journal. Or whatever. Journal. It's a journal, Sean. And he imagines himself as Quail Man and Wanana Jack Bandit. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> so uh, stupid. But there's this great quote from Jenkins uh where he's talking about Doug he says quote Doug is not a powerful character he is more where i feel that kids are today they are soft spoken and bewildered 
but they often make the right decisions. What we tried to get across was that you should feel good about yourself and not give in to peer pressure. The underlying foundation was that doing the right thing will always pay off. And it's I, I wanted to mention that because he also, I remember reading that, uh, I didn't put it in the notes, but I remember reading that um, one of the things that he was very adamant about in the writing process of Doug was that every episode was going to be about some sort of a lesson or something where Doug learns something. Oh, every every um, episode has a moral. Yeah, every le- every episode has a moral. Uh, and and I don't know, I don't really remember too much about it once it got to Disney. Uh, for those who don't know, the show went from Nickelodeon over to Disney in '96. So the show ran for 52 episodes until 94. And in 96, Disney got the rights to it. And then they, they made the characters a little older. They called it Brand Spankin' New Doug. Um, and they, they, got, put, they put him into, like, high school, I think. Yeah, and he got... Um, he got... They got three years out of it and then a movie. Uh, and from what I've read, I honestly... I, ver- I remember very little of this. Because in, in 96, you and I were getting ready to do, what, high school? Yeah, right. 90, 96, I had just graduated uh, eighth grade. Yeah, because I'm I'm a I'm the same age as you, but, but a grade, grade older, older yeah. than yeah, yeah, grade ahead of you. And so, yeah, so I don't really remember too much because I think it was kind of aged out of watching Doug. On yeah, Disney I, at that I definitely point. did not watch I, Doug at this point. I think I watched a few episodes on Saturday morning, and I don't remember much of it. So yeah, because that, that's where it moved to. Disney moved it to like Saturday mornings. Yeah, it was a Saturday morning, and it would go on with like reboot and a bunch of the other stuff on Saturday, a Disney Saturday morning lineup. And they were doing it not on Disney, but on ABC's Saturday morning lineup. But mm. it was through Disney because that was when Disney acquired ABC. Yeah. Um, so we got Doug. Next guy that um, that we're going to talk about is uh, Roger Klotz. Um, who is kind of the school town bully. It took Roger three years to finish sixth grade, so he's a lot older than the other kids, and he lives in a trailer park with his divorced mom. He's a, he's on the slow boat to graduation. So the all very the other, slow boat All the other graduation. kids are like 11 years old, and <laughs> Roger's like 14 or 15. Yeah, no, he's basically a 15-year-old kid in like <laughs> in seventh, sixth grade. Sixth, seventh grade, yeah. <laughs> uh, Roger is apparently based off of a real bully who lived in the same neighborhood as Jenkins, and he adopted the bully's... A uh, uh, real last name of Klotz. Oh, for the character, which is and I I feel like if I was the creator, that's kind of like a nice little fu to his childhood bully. Like, oh, you're my childhood bully. I'm gonna nationalize your bullydom for everyone to see, and I'm gonna make a bunch of money on it. So fu, yeah, which is kind of cool. Why not? Um, so Billy West voiced Roger Klotz. The voices are very similar. Yeah, the voices are very similar. Um, so Roger is the Roger is a character that is it's weird because Roger is a bully character and Roger is also considered to be one of the like group of friends. Yeah, he gets invited everywhere. He, yeah, he gets Why? He, there's an episode Nobody likes him. There's an episode where Patty that is we throwing, watch. Yeah, that we watch where Patty's throwing a dinner party and she invites Doug. So Doug gets all cuz Patty is his love interest. So he gets all like, "Oh my god, Patty invited me." And she's like, who else is going to be there? And Patty goes, oh, you know, the whole crew. Skeeter, BB, Roger. Like, she, like he's a shithead to everybody, but he's still considered a friend of the entire group, too. And he's, he's like, he's a legit bully to everyone. Like, he bullies Skeeter. He bullies uh, Doug. He ostensibly has a crush on Patty Mayonnaise, too, because he tries to, like... He sabotages Doug's, like, attempt at, like like making that happen yeah and he he wants to like go to the dance with her instead of doug he's like oh i'll dance with her instead funny so 
Yeah, he uh, he he does the whole uh, leather jacket thing, and he's got a he's got a pet cat Name's named Stimp Stinky Stinky. Thank you. Um, but uh, so there's a couple other like there's a couple of other, of other characters. Um, you have Doug's mom Theta. Yeah, which... she's voiced by uh, Becca Lish, and apparently in the recording of her characters for Doug, Lish would provide lines as written, and then provide several more takes incorporating improvisations into her line. She hasn't done a whole lot other than, like, the show. Um, to but me, the mom is, like, completely unimportant, completely unnecessary. To me, it seemed um, like Doug's mom was just on Valium the whole time. She's just yes. like, oh, Doug, honey, I don't know if that's going to be the smartest thing to do, honey. But do whatever. It's okay. In the in the <laughs> several episodes we watched, we watched the first three episodes, and then we watched two... Uh, we each picked an episode of our own choosing. Yeah. And, uh... So Becca Lish also did Judy Funny, which I like that character. She's she is Doug's older sister, and she's obsessed with Shakespeare, and it's this like weird, um, she's a weird extroverted, beatnik. aspiring beatnik actress. Yeah, she's um, she's into all the arts. She's into like poetry and singing and acting. And I love that she's a nineteen. They make her look like a nineteen fifties beatnik, and I love that because of her own like weird pseudo intellectualism. Yeah, she thinks she's a lot smarter than she really well, is. Well, she's also a teenage girl, so of course she thinks she's a lot smarter than she is. Well, yeah, any every teenager does. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, I I wanted to mention: Did you um see any of these characters and think of kids that you grew up with? Um, because Judy Funny for sure exemplifies a lot of kids that I knew growing up in high school. Not really. Um, I no? I I didn't have any. I mean, I didn't really. I wasn't really friends with any know it alls. Uh, if anyone was a know it all, it was probably me. Maybe I was Judy. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you were Doug. I thought we discussed you were Doug. I am Doug, <laughs> but I, I wasn't. Yeah, I. To me, a lot of these characters. A lot of these characters didn't, aside from Doug, the characters didn't resonate for me. Maybe that's why I also didn't like the show as much as you did. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like some of these characters definitely resonated for me. Uh, the dad... So Let's just talk about the reason why they moved to Bluffington. I was, it was That's it was, what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Because, so the dad gets a new job, which is totally something that always happens. A, a parent or both parents gets a new job. Now, and you we have mentioned to, this. You on, have to move to a new city. We that, mentioned this job, though. Do you remember? On Goofy Movie. Yeah. Because it, he has the same job. He's a photographer at a local department store called the Busy Beaver. Yeah. Who the hell moves for a photography job at a at a department store? And how like, much is he making? It can't be that much. I mean, it's in a small town, so it's not like the the housing uh, costs are going to be that high. But you know what I thought was but funny? His job in like so this is what the early nineties. His job is going to be gone, like just gone by two thousand one. That job just doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, if they exist now, I think actually, I think I got a flyer for like a J.C. Penny no, they, uh, like J photography thing, and I was like, nope, not going to use it. J.C. Penney's and Sears still does, uh, still family does like portraits? family portraits. Like, there's still a Sears portrait studio and a J.C. Penney's portrait studio. That's there's so still weird a thing. To me. I don't when, get that. Yeah, when you go there, it is a clusterfuck of like young families with babies trying to like take either. Christmas photos because Kathy and I and her brother and her brother's girlfriend, her brother's girlfriend. We took Christmas photos like two years ago at like Sears Portrait Studio. And it it was just ridiculous. Like you have to make an appointment. It's ridiculous. But what I think is funny is there's an episode that we watched that concerns picture day at the school. Like everyone has to get their pictures taken and then like they get to trade their pictures around with everybody. Right. And Doug's father isn't the photographer. It's some other jag off. 
Well, he probably had an established business already. But that means it's a small town. There's already like... Two photographers. There's two photographers. Two professional photographers. There's no way that people are taking enough professional photos to warrant two full-time photographers. Yeah. That seems ridiculous. He's voiced by Doug Priest, um, who I'll just briefly mention uh, is Aluro and Linkso from Thundercats. Um, yeah, Linkso, if you uh, watch those late-stage Thundercats episodes where they got the three new Thundarians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Linkso, Pumira, and Bengali. Bengali, oh, God. Bengali, with the hammer of Thundera. So ridiculous. <laughs> uh, his dad, by the way, also gives a lot of really useless advice. Oh, the whole family gives useless advice, which probably feeds into Doug's neurosis. Yeah. Because he gets shit advice from his entire family. I feel like Doug's a lot smarter than everybody else, uh, in his family at least, but his family gives such crappy advice that it ends up screwing him up and then he doesn't know how to make smart decisions. Yeah, because Doug... Doug like, he'll a- be fine once he moves out. Like, when he grows up and he moves out and goes to college, Doug will be completely fine. Yeah. But right now, he's completely, like, effed. Doug is an introvert and it seems like his mom is an introvert, but his dad and his sister are both extroverts. Yeah, and so they like he usually goes to his dad and his sister for advice, and his dad and his sister gives him advice that completely is like out of character for him. Yeah, stuff that he would never do, or that stuff that it literally makes no sense. Yeah, uh, his best friend is uh, Skeeter Mosquito Valentine. <laughs> yeah, um, who is known for the honking noise and uh, being bright blue. And appar- by the way, but- he's a DJ. And apparently, uh, at one episode, I, I read uh, gotten a perfect score on an IQ test, which I thought is, as you know, uh, absolutely ridiculous. There's yeah. no such thing as a perfect score for an I, IQ test. Yeah, I've, I've taken a few IQ tests. Yeah, so have I. It's it's all it's all a, 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 a percentage. Yeah, it's, it's all sliding scales percentages. Yeah. It would have made upon, more sense if he had gotten a perfect score on some standardized test or well, something. And really, the IQ. I mean. The IQ, st- the IQ testing standards uh, change every year, mm-hmm. and they're also kind of a load of bunk. If you took Abraham Lincoln and made him take today's IQ testing, he'd fail. He'd barely get an eighty because we don't encur- we encourage different kinds of learning than they did a hundred years ago. So I, per- I personally don't put a lot of stock into the IQ test. Yeah. I mean, I've I've taken several of them and I've done apparently well, but I still feel like they're bunk. Personally. Yeah. So- no, I mean. You can do really well on one of them, which is why uh, to get into groups like Mensa or other intelligence groups, you you typically have to take two to right. to sort of balance it out. You have to take two separate ones that are that are different and that are different. weighted differently. Yeah, yeah. So that that if you totally blow one, but you do well on the other, they'll take the one that you did well on. Right, because I mean, I've taken I've taken a couple of them. So just personally, I've taken a couple, and I've scored anywhere from like. 134 to 141 and that's a big range yeah and and i think i took one that they said was like a a, and and then i took no i took another one that was like 137 or something it was like in the middle and and like so it doesn't matter like they're all it's just a big range that just doesn't mean a whole lot of anything uh but but i think that that's interesting that they would actually put that in there for ski for for skeeter because he kind of actually does seem like he is Picking up what everybody's putting down, and nobody notices that Skeeter's smarter than everybody else. Yeah, he's... did you did you notice that when Doug was like trying to tell him this thing, and Skeeter's like, well, "Why don't you just do this?" And then Doug's like, "Oh shit, he saw through my lie." Uh-oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of those, and and he always seems to know what's going on. But, he's voiced by Fred Newman, by the way. By the way, not not that this matters really at all, but 
and it, there's no there's no easy way to say this. Does does Skeeter and his family seem like they're a black family? Oh no, I know where you're going. This is a, a, a something to talk about. It's a controversy for the show. So because um, like there's other, it's not like his character is the only character that's colored oddly. No, the he's, whole he's blue. That like, was BB is yeah. is purple, and her family is and purple. Patty Mayonnaise is brown, and Roger Klotz is green. Yeah, so uh, everyone has a characters different color. are red. Yeah, they all have different colors. Like weird designs on them too. That it's not like anything racially specific. They're just right. odd designs on on characters. Jenkins, when he picked the color paladin for the show, specifically said, "I want them all to be different colors." Yeah, because I basically it was the colors of the rainbows special snowflake thing. He he wanted everybody to be like seen as individual and not about what color they were because he wanted different. He wanted kids to be able to relate to these characters across the board. But Doug but is that, Doug is that pink white color. Doug is the pink white character. <laughs> but also, Jenkins is a white guy, and the story's about him. So, yeah, like, maybe that, that was that intentional. Um, but, no, so the reason why Sean asked that is there's some controversy over the, the fact that uh, Skeeter is uh, supposed to represent a black character, um, which is never discussed. But that was some sort of controversy. And I, mean, I don't even understand why. I honestly, mean, it's just like, he's the, blue. Leave it alone. No, honestly, what, what kind of... What kind of did it for me? It wasn't anything with Skeeter. It was his dad in that episode where they're the episode my episode that I picked where they're trying to make money. Oh yeah, when I don't know what it was. Maybe I mean I will fully admit that it might be my own inborn like biases. Biases. Yeah, but I looked at his dad and I was like, that dad seems like a black dad. Oh, could be. I mean, who knows? Yeah, but but like the the point though is that people were upset that they didn't make a quote black character when. The whole point was to make characters who were different colors. Yeah, and then some people were mad that there was a that there was a character who was supposedly black, but he was blue. I mean, it's just like this is a children's cartoon show from 1991. Like, yeah. like let's be real here. We're not trying to like solve any social was, justice. Was issues. any was anyone mad that there wasn't a black gummy bear? That's a good question. I don't know. There's a blue one and a pink one and a yellow one. There's a bunch of different colors. I mean, I don't know. So you know, whatever. Uh, I, I mean, I, it just yeah. so so. Fred Newman also did Pork Chop, and we got to mention uh, Pork Chop really quick because Pork Chop is really Doug's best friend. It yeah. says Skeeter's his best friend, but no, Pork no. Chop, he makes a point to say that that uh, it's his Pork best, Chop is his best, best non-human friend. Yeah, his best animal friend. Yeah, and yeah. and Skeeter is his best human friend. And in all these episodes, uh, the dog mostly acts as his impromptu conscience, and he lives in this uh, igloo. Yeah, um, he's he's like sort of analogous to Snoopy. Actually, where he's a dog, but he's also like his own character. It reminded me a little bit of Brian, actually, from Family Guy. Like because he seems smarter than Snoopy, um, but he's nonverbal. Yeah. So like he's some sort of mix between Snoopy and Brian, like somewhere in the middle. Stinky is Roger's like counterpart. It's the the cat, and uh, they fight fairly often. There's a character here, here we're gonna mention really quickly. Um, we'll come back to him. Yeah, let's come back to him at the end. Uh, I'm just going to say it's Mr. Dink, but we're going to discuss him later. Uh, we have a lot to say about Bud Dink, and yeah. he's voiced by Fred Newman. Uh, we have Patty Mayonnaise. Patty Mayonnaise. It's her. Her poop. Oh, you mean Patty. Patty. What a wonderful name. Yeah, Patty Mayonnaise is an interesting character. She is a rather tomboyish athlete uh, who seems to have no interests other than school and sports. Yeah, and she is based off of Jenkins' 
uh, adolescent crush from junior high uh, through high school. And her name uh, is a combination of two girls' names from his childhood named Pam Mayo and a girl named Patty. Uh, and it's voiced by Constance Schulman, who is uh, Yoga Jones on the new Orange is the New Black. Hmm. So, I don't watch that show, so yeah. I'll have to take your word for it. Um, and Patty Mayonnaise is interesting because this... Could be I don't I didn't look it look this up but like I feel like Patty Mayonnaise could have easily had some controversy for being like a, a, like a lesbian stand-in character. I felt so I was reading some stuff about that also that that was sort of a thing that because she plays she plays a thing called beatball which is essentially like softball. Yeah, and and all like like I said, all she cares about is sports. She doesn't really show a ton of interest in dating at all. Yeah. She, she I, does I have a very sort of uh, she has a stronger uh, sort of raspier voice yeah and I feel like that was in some ways almost intentional um, I guess she could be like at at most like she could be asexual like she I mean they're eleven years old so well like, yeah but Doug's got like raging hard on for for Patty Mayonnaise the whole thing and so does Roger so uh, well, Roger, Roger is like thirteen or fourteen almost fifteen. Yeah, and then uh, Skeeter uh, likes BB Bluff, and BB Bluff, uh, this is the next character we're going to mention very briefly, is a friend of theirs. Uh, she's a spoiled brat. Uh, her dad is super rich, um, and it's voiced by uh, Alice Platon, who uh, this this is her final animated role before her death in 2011, and she was the lead Goblin Blix from Legend in 1986. So she did a bunch of other stuff, but that was just one I, I wanted to mention because it was kind of interesting. Yep. Um, Al and Moo, I don't know who those characters we are. We didn't mention, we didn't cover them in these episodes. I watched some extra ones, but they're oh. they're um, like some other friends. They're twins, and and they don't really. We don't need to discuss them. Oh, there's um, Mayor Bob White. Vote for me. Uh, is like his one key thing that he says all the time. Uh, it's voiced by Greg Lee, who's the host of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. There's one um, character that you didn't list in the notes that that <laughs> I thought was funny. It was uh, Mr. Bone, who is essentially Don Knotts. Oh, yeah. He's and the like, assistant principal of the school that they're at. And he's like, all right, Douglas, Fun- Mr. Funny, we're going to go. Like, he's just doing a whole, he's doing a whole uh, Don Notch. No, no, like, yeah, impersonation he, he is for entire... sure doing a Don Notch thing. And he's voiced by Doug Priest. I didn't put it in the notes, but uh, but let's. Uh, and then there are the, the characters, the beats. They're not covered in any of the episodes that we discussed today, but... Um, the Beats are this like um, popular band from Liverpool, which, and they're a caricature of the Beatles. Um, and they they constantly break up and get back together again, over and over again. And and I believe that that was like kind of a an homage to like a lot of the bands at the time that were doing that. It's um, it's also worth mentioning that um, Flounder, who's the lead guitarist of the band, uh, rep- very very much represents Peter Tork from the Monkees. Um, <laughs> But but outside of that, like we don't really need to go into them that much. I just wanted to mention them because I love all the Beats music. And at this moment, right now, if you ask me to sing one, I could totally do it. So um, put the banging on a trash can. Yeah, see, the there's one. Oh, see, I was gonna say need more allowance. Oh yeah, yeah. or uh, killer tofu. Yeah, ooh you. Yeah, why don't I remember that? Uh, because our life is sad, Sean. So I mean, it's. Let's so I think we let's talk about the show a little bit. Yeah, so the show every every episode of the show covers some kind of like prepubescent crisis that Doug has. The first, the first, the very first episode, the crisis was that Doug was gonna think. Doug thought that all the kids were gonna think that he was like a loser because yes. he's the new kid in town. 
There's an episode where... It's called Bag, uh, Doug Bags Nematode. Yeah. And Roger tricks him into trying to catch this mythical, like, local folklore character called a nematode. Now, when Doug first moves in, his next-door neighbor is Mr. Bud Dink. And I want to... Now it's time we can talk about Mr. Dink. We're going to really talk about Mr. Dink today. In fact, I feel like Mr. Dink is probably going to be the main person that we talk about for the rest of the podcast. Well, okay, um, wait, 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 wait. But Mr. Wait, 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 Dink, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Before, before we get into that, because yeah, we could that we should end on that because it's it's great. But before we get into that, like, like the so the thing the thing that I really found I guess obnoxious about Doug, um, and like I said, it could be like a, a self hating thing. Is that like I said, Doug is Doug is neurotic and he overthinks everything and internalizes and he internalizes everything and he goes he goes into this like fantasy world all the time. And I could not relate more to Doug. No, as a and kid. I and I could too. And maybe that's why maybe that's why I didn't like the show as much because it, you're it, a, you're in the He Man Woman Haters Club. Yeah, no, the He Man Sean Hater Club. Yeah, so so that's that's the problem is that is that. He comes like like every episode has a conflict that is something like kid or teenage related. Either he doesn't know how to, or he doesn't think he can dance, and there's a dance coming up, and he really wants to impress Patty Mayonnaise, or he wants to impress the other kids, or he does something like in the episode uh, that I picked where he breaks a uh, he breaks a uh, a grill, and he is trying to like come up with money to pay for a new grill like there's all these conflicts and instead of instead of taking the straightforward approach to solving the conflict he goes into his headspace and he creates this weird scenario where everyone's either going to laugh at him or hate him or he's going to succeed he has either delusions of grandeur or delusions of failure yeah he seems to see his own like internalized monologue seems to see his world uh really in this black and white of grand success or grand failure there's no he never sees like well i mean maybe there'll be something in the middle like he never does that and i yeah people are either cheering i was that way as a kid people are either cheering for him and like throwing literal parades for him in his imagination or he is literally going to jail for something that he did oh yeah no he he, that's how he sees his, his life um, and so he moves in next door to mr dink mr dink mr dink Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Dink, he talks like this. <sighs> I, so the Dinks, him, uh, Mr. Dink and his wife, um, Dink is actually an acronym, dual income, no kids. Yeah. And uh, that is literally what their name means. And it's been confirmed by, I think, uh, Billy West in an interview. That, yeah. That, yeah. Which that, was a coin. Uh, it was a turn coin in the 1980s at the height of like the yuppie culture. Uh, and, and his character is absolutely that, that thing because... The, the, his catchphrase is that it's very expensive. He spends tons... It's like they have all this disposable income to buy all these toys. He, yeah, he buys they all have kinds no of children. He uh, but he wants to spend shit. a lot of time with children. We're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he also gives a lot of useless advice for no reason. Uh, some of it even more useless than anybody else's. But Doug seems to be his friend. Uh, when they very first move in, um, they... Doug... Doug meets Mr. Dink, and Mr. Dink shows him to the, uh, brings him back to his house and shows him this video called Bluffington Proud that he, like, really wants Doug to watch in a very dimly lit room by himself. Yeah. That's, uh, again, we'll discuss it in a minute. But 
But I love this line because his wife and him have this like really interesting relationship that kind of reminded me of some of my family. His wife is the only redeeming thing in the show. She's for me. amazing. She is my fucking spirit animal in this show, man. Like, there's this <laughs> there's this line when they're sitting there and uh, <laughs> and they finish the movie and then uh, Mr. Dinko's there now. That didn't take so long, did it? No, dear. Oh. It only felt oh. like a lifetime. I love. I love that line. She, she because just, it could not exemplify their their marriage anymore. She's just so sarcastic and like just just almost like shits on everything that he does. There's yeah. So okay, this first episode he internalizes and like whatever, and they they his dog acts as his conscience and helps him realize that he's being tricked by Roger into hunting a fake creature, and then the dog pretends to be the creature. And they and scare they trick, Roger. They trick Roger. And the end. So I just there was something that I wanted to mention because there's this point where it's at the very end of this episode. Uh, they're at the Honker Burger, which is like the local hangout. Yeah, it's essentially and, like In and Out or something. Yeah, and Doug squirts ketchup uh, on Patty by uh, he steps on a ketchup packet. Yeah, and it by accident, and it squirts up in the air, and he thinks it's like this is going to be this terrible thing, and it perfectly gets onto her burger, and she says, "It's okay, really. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, really, it's okay. See, you have wonderful aim." Really? And you didn't even get it in my eye, Doug. You know, so <laughs> when she said that, I thought, that's what she said. That's what she said. And so, like, I started to giggle, and I looked over I looked over at Joy, and she just <laughs> scowls at me, like, full-on, like, resting bitch face. <laughs> I, I find that, I find that. And then she just goes, don't. <laughs> and I was just like, that's what she said. And I couldn't help it. You're, I couldn't like, help you're it. like Michael Scott, like, that's what she said! I can't help it, I gotta say it! That's what she said! <laughs> There's yeah. actually a lot of those moments in the show where you're just like, that's inappropriate, panda. But it's Doug. And, and like, there's this... There's um there's a couple of those in the next episode, too, where, like, uh, the Doug can't dance uh, slash Doug gets busted episode. Yeah. Um. There's... Oh, there's something in that episode, too, that I wanted to mention where... um. Doug says, very funny, Roger, which is something that he says a lot of, uh, at, at Roger. And Roger goes, oh, brother, what a klotz. And I thought that was funny because Doug's last name is funny. Roger's last name is klotz. In that, in that episode, I text you <laughs> while I was watching it. because the So in the Doug Can't Dance one, he's afraid that he doesn't know how to dance. And it's like a school dance. And he actually gets to take Patty Mayonnaise. So he's all excited. So it's a costume, it, it's a costume party. dance, and he's dressed as a slug, and everyone can't figure out what he's dressed as. And Pat is the only one who gets it yeah. right. But what I thought was hilarious in that episode is that Roger and all his friends were literal tools. Yes. <laughs> they were actual tools, like screwdrivers and hammers. Yeah, Roger and was a hammer, and like one guy was a screw, and one guy one was, was a saw. saw. Yeah. <laughs> so smart. I text, I text Chris, and I was like, Roger and his friends are literal tools. And like, and I hadn't watched that episode yet, so when you said that to me, I was like, I didn't get it. And then when I watched the episode, I was like... Oh my god, they're literal tools. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so there's this there's another line, it's like another Mrs. Dink line, uh, where they're on their way to the party and um Are you going to the dance, Mr. and Mrs. Dink? Of course we are. I'm the chaperone. I'm going as the wife of a giant chicken. Well, of course you are, dear. <laughs> I love that. Like, I love their back and forth. And, like, she... You can, you can tell that Mrs. Dink regrets her decision. Like, she him. easily regrets her she, decision. She's like, I hate you, 
but I like our life, but I hate you. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, she does she for sure does. That's this is also the episode where Skeeter um gives the best explanation ever on how to dance, and I'll put a link to the uh to a video of just that in the description. Uh because it's weird. It's very it's very weird. Um th- this he's a DJ, by the way. Apparently, yeah. he's a DJ. Uh for no no reason. No D- reason explained. DJ Skeet um, Skeet. Uh, <laughs> Oh, skeet, skeet, skeet. Yeah. There's, this is also the episode with one and a Jack Bandit. So yeah, Doug creates these personas. Like Chris said earlier, he has Jack Bandit. He has Quail Man. He's got like a cup, like, it's like Prairie Home Companion, like Guy Noir. And like, he creates, because he's, he stays in his headspace all the time. And he's super introverted, and he just creates these characters in his mind that can do the things that he can't. Yeah. And and he takes on those personas, sort of projecting that out so that he's able to do what he wants to do. It's like it's like he has multiple personalities almost. Well, and sometimes <laughs> sometimes when he's projecting these like uh hallucination daydreams, he's internalizing them, and then sometimes He's uh, actually acting them he's out. He's actually acting them out. And people like are curious what the hell Doug's doing. And there, whenever he switches back and forth entities, you never really know if it's if it's one that's going to be interrupted by saying, like, somebody saying, Doug, what the hell are you doing? Versus him just, like, sitting there by himself. Or, on the third aspect, where it's actually happening. So, sometimes the, the line is sort of blurred between Doug's reality and Doug's fantasy world um and jack bandits is a great example so like he has a science fair project he think catches on fire and burns the building down which doesn't happen and so he thinks he has to go on the run from the police and he creates his jack bandit uh criminal character persona yeah and like th- this is the episode where we get to see don not slash mr bone oh um, mr funny burr, burr, burr. Yeah, it's a good don Knotts impersonation. it is a good too. don Knotts. in fact growing up i always thought it was don Knotts. hmm until I looked it up, I was like, "Oh, it's not Don Knotts." The incredible, cool. Mr. good job. Bone. Yeah, I, I mean, we, I really think that that the characters here, like, they're just, it, they're they're just so odd. Um, as an adult watching this, and I, I, I honestly haven't watched this since they were on TV, since we were sitting there as a family watching them during dinner. That's the last time I watched Doug. So I have not watched Doug in over twenty years. That's the same for me. And it, it's a very weird experience because I, I definitely see myself a lot in Doug. Well, let's talk about let's talk about some of the theories about the show. Oh, I just wanted to say, did you just want to briefly mention the the episodes that we that we picked? So or? The, the episode, the thing about Doug, and we watched the first three episodes. And we then watched you the picked, first three episodes, and then we each picked an episode. And the thing about the thing about Doug is that the episodes that we picked were like a part of a two like. Each, epi- each 23 minute episode is split in half. It's like a 10 minute and a 10 minute. Yeah, so sort of. I picked one that was. Uh, season Doug- 1, episode 9. Yeah, season 1, episode 9. It was Doug Needs Money. It's where he and Skeeter are playing. Slash Doug's Big Catch. Yeah, and they both have to do with Mr. Dink. And the one that the one that I wanted to watch was the Doug Needs Money. It's where he and Skeeter and Porkchop are playing softball, essentially. And he 
hits a ball into Mr. Dink's yard and he destroys Mr. Dink's grill, which is a custom a custom made grill that's very expensive. And, and they go out of their way to try and fix it. And, and they, they try they to end make money. Up, they end up losing nine dollars in the process. Yeah, and, and then they end up indebted to Mr. Dink and and they work for him for the rest of the summer. I thought you picked this episode because of the first part, the the fishing one. No, I actually was I like I feel I, like there's a lot more to talk about with that lot, one. There's a lot the to talk one. about in that one, yeah. Mr. Dink goes on vacation and invites his 11 and a half year old neighbor to go along with him. He goes, him yeah, he goes by he goes himself. Fishing. And his wife just so happens to join him, but that was not part of the plan yeah. uh, at all. And they go to catch this, this fish named Chester he's been hunting since he was a little kid, um, who turns out to be like maybe a foot long, if that. Yeah. Uh, and and like Doug imagines himself as this like red October esque captain, uh, and they Mister Dink sinks his boat because he brings too much junk and puts it on the boat. But I thought this is like a, a fifty year old dude, forty forty five year old dude who's going on vacation, bringing an eleven and a half year old, like who's got a perfectly fit normal father at home. Uh, there's there's something going on here. And then I picked season two episode four, Doug's dinner date slash Doug meets Ventra. Yeah, that's the that's the one where you find out that Roger is actually part of the group and he gets invited. And in that one, he spends the entire episode, at least the Doug's dinner date, he spends the entire episode uh, trying to psych himself up to eat liver and onions because Patty comes up to him and says like, oh, hey, Doug, you're coming to my party, right? Yeah, we're having your favorite, liver and onions. So he spends like a couple days trying to like get to the point where he can eat liver and onions because it's his least favorite food. My favorite part of that entire episode is when... So he's been... Yeah, he's been trying to eat it and trying to do all these things to, like, acclimate. Yeah. When he finally does eat it, his family's out to dinner at this restaurant called Cowboy Jacques House of Pizza. And everybody has cowboy hats on, plaid shirts, there's wagon wheels everywhere, and and they're serving Italian food, but Doug can order liver and onions. It's like some off And the the waiter is French. Yeah, the waiter's French. Oh, Monsieur Doug, what can I get for you? And when he orders liver and onions, the entire restaurant is like, yeah, put the brakes on. It's like a record screen. And, And then obviously, of course, it turns out it's sarcasm, but Doug cannot... Yeah, emotionally she, see sarcasm. She has like because yeah, uh, he's got the he's got the Aspergers. Well, he might. It's possible. There's actually some fan theories about that, um, which would make sense. Well, let's uh, talk about fan theories since we're since we're there. Okay, I, I mean, I picked that episode for Fentruck, uh, which is a totally other weird thing. It's a foreign exchange student, but we don't need to. Let's talk about the fan theories. Uh, so if, there's a big wait, one. I just I just want to say. You have an option now as a listener. You can you no, can you can you keep can, your you can keep your childhood memories of Doug. You have two options moving. Well, you technically have three. You, you, you can take you, the red pill. Yeah, so you have and a friend, follow us down the rabbit hole. Yes, so you can take the rab the rabbit hill uh, the rabbit hole red pill, and you can follow us down into the descent of the internet's madness. And we're going to discuss some fan theories now. Or you can take the blue pill. And, and live keep, with and keep your childhood memories of Doug. I have to warn you, at this point, this is when you have to decide whether or not you want your view of Doug to be tainted forever. When I read this, it ruined it for me for all time. So I'm warning you now, we're gonna discuss it in yeah. three, two, one. Alright, let's talk about Mr. Dink. <laughs> Who's a fucking pedophile? He is a child molester to the extreme. Extraordinaire. <laughs> 
Mr. Dink. Okay, so this this fan theory. His I, name should have been Mr. Diddle. Oh God! Or, it's or Mr. Bugger. Th- this theory is called the Douglas Not So Funny. Uh, and there's going to be a description, uh, a link to two two links. One is just an explanation, and one is the actual theory. And it is that Mr. Dink, shortly after Doug moved to Bluffington, molested Doug, and then had an ongoing molestation relationship with Doug. And Doug tapped into his sister's hallucinogenics that she was experimenting with, and that is why he seems to escape into his own head. Yeah. It could not get any more real when you watch these episodes with that in your brain. It taints everything. Because Mr. Dink is such a weird character. Like, he's... A, he, if you just look at him in a in a vacuum, he is a eccentric, like, neighborhood guy. He's, he's the type of, like, oh, hey, you know, I got all this cool shit. You want to see it? Like, he's just that weird guy. But then when you actually, like, dig a little deeper, it's like, why is he... It seems like the only person he hangs the out with. The first thought I had, and I watched the first episode before I ran the theory. Before I read the theory. And that is, my first thought was, why is a 45, almost 50-year-old man hanging out with a neighborhood 11-year-old? Why did he invite him back to his house? Why did he insist on him watching a movie with him alone in a dark room before he could go and explore the neighborhood? Yeah, and he invites Something him out a lot of times. Something is seriously wrong. Yeah. It's seriously <laughs> wrong. Like, there are times when it seems harmless because he's the neighborhood guy. But he's a pedophile. You know what's funny? is So Mr. Dink has... I just thought about this. Mr. Dink has a ton of money. And, and it seems like Doug always has money. I wonder if Mr. Dink pays Doug off. He could be. Because I thought Doug, about that too. Doug always has money and it's like he doesn't have a job. He's like 11 years old. He str- he, in the episode that I picked, he oh, struggles oh. to make money. And at the end, Mr. Dink tells him that him and Skeeter... Don't can- worry, boys. You can work it off. Yes. And Doug <laughs> even then says that uh, part of them working it off was to, uh, quote, help cook for the big neighborhood barbecue and then, quote... Other odd jobs. Yeah. We know what odd jobs Mr. Dink is talking about. And it's not the little guy with the hat. Uh, It's It's his little guy with the hat. Yeah, maybe he put a hat on his little guy and he went to... He went to Brown Town. This theory ruins it for me forever. Uh, There's... Oh, my God. Oh, there's an episode at one point where, like, uh, he invites him to his, like... Like, Mr. Dink has, like, his own gym... Uh, and they, like, work out together and, like, go to a hot tub. And then at one point they go camping. Uh, or at one point they go camping. And they're out doing this, like, camping sort of Boy scout as trip. And Mr. Dink goes out to find a suitable spot to pitch their tents. Wagga wagga. And then when Doug and Skeeter go looking for him, Mr. Dink is naked in a tree. I'm going to show Sean here. Oh, that's a picture of him with no clothes on. Hugging a tree uh, with just a hat on and his walkie-talkie. There, There is no way that you can see that and not go, the fuck? Mr. Dink is a pedrophile. He has to be. And it ruins it for me. Like, I love that... Okay, so independently of this theory, I, I really like this show as an adult. Um, 
And, and I definitely fully relate to this character, especially as an adult looking back on my childhood. I didn't realize it as a kid that I related to Mr. to uh, not to Mr. Tink. <laughs> oh, you realized uh, as an adult you relate to Mr. Dink. The maybe. secret is out. Uh, no, I related hey, to Doug diddle, a lot. Diddle, I fiddled your biddle. Oh God. Uh, no CPS. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I really related to Doug a lot as a kid, and I didn't really realize why till I was an adult. But. But this theory definitely destroys some of that for me. Uh, I like this show independent of that. If if you can separate the theory out of, in your brain, if you can partition it, and then watch this without thinking about this too much, you'll probably enjoy it, I think. I See, um, I didn't like the show because to me, to me, like, Doug, and, and you know, maybe it's some self-hating, but to me, Doug... I think it's a lot of self-hate. <laughs> So to me, Sean wants to be cooler than he is. So okay. I'm so cool. Shut up. You're sitting. <laughs> you're sitting in my house with all my super cool posters and uh, yeah. yeah. And you're, we just, I think, in a previous episode, we discussed your Dragon Ball Wall Scroll. Yeah, yeah. I, that was when I was a kid. Yeah. No, so hey, you were in high. I saw the picture. You were 19. It was on the wall behind you. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Doug, to me, really is a very bland character, and that's why I don't like him. Like he's. He, okay, yeah, like, that I get. Things yeah. happen to Doug. Doug doesn't do things. In that way, you're correct. He, I he's agree a he's there. a receptacle, uh, or he's a re, like a, he's a receiver. Of, he's a receptacle and a receiver a, for Mister Dink for, for Mister <laughs> Mister Dinklage. Yeah, no, he like that's the thing is that he overanalyzes and overthinks everything, and that makes him obnoxious to me because he is constantly going to a place that doesn't exist. Yeah, like plot wise. He, he always thinks the worst or the best is going to happen and it's not reality. But then also his character is just, he, he's, he's like a doormat to everybody. And throughout, throughout what yeah. I remember about the show, he doesn't ever grow from that. He just stays a doormat. And that's what makes him like a really just a sort of, to me anyways, just makes him an obnoxious character. It's like, God, I do think... something, grow a spine, fuck Patty Mayonnaise. Fuck Roger. Fuck Mr. Dink. I don't care what you do. Just actually do something. You know, I think part of it is, like, he's he's a very quiet boy. He is. He's, he's an introvert. Uh, he's a, definitely an introvert. He is the new kid in town. He has one friend. He's got... He has a definite established bully. Um, and he is awkward in his own skin. And, and, and for me, I could not have related to that more. Uh, because that that was my childhood. I had like one good friend. I had kids who were nice to me, but I had like one friend, one really. Yeah. And and and, and except for a few other kids, like there's some kids that I grew up with who were nice to me, but like they weren't my friends really. I mean, we were friendly. They're a friend of a friend. You know, I didn't like become. A, I feel like a, a person until I got older. Until I became till high school, uh, college age, when I became my own individual. And and so uh, Doug's character may not get to grow. I, I feel like his character, maybe in some ways like myself, may not grow until he's forced to grow. Yeah. And, and because he lives in a in in a in a quiet, safe town, uh, and he's got his crush, and he's got his bully. And you got and the it, crush. You got the power. Oh man, you stole my line. <laughs> you stole my line. I was gonna do that next. I, I I just I feel like Doug's character is just not his lack of progression for me 
Like I, I saw, I completely understood that. Yeah, you I know? guess I guess just as an adult, maybe as a kid watching it, you can relate more. It's to cathartic it. for a kid. Yeah, I but think. like as an adult, as an adult, all I can think of is like, why aren't your parents helping you? Well, like, that I well, agree. Like, why but... aren't your parents or anyone, any other adult in your life, one, trying to save you from the pedophile next door, but two, trying to help you like grow as a human being and stop just being like. Like a, a like a like a, a shitty introspective uh, like do nothing like that's the thing is that every episode has a moral every episode has like some conflict that has to be resolved but at the end of every episode once it goes to the next episode I feel like Doug hasn't learned anything well th- and that I, because it repeats itself that is a good criticism of the show and then the other thing I would say that the other part of it that I uh, maybe that is a place where I don't necessarily follow along because. Uh, as a kid, like I was in, meant quite often left to my own devices. I would, I was allowed to go out and play all day and build tree forts and zip lines and, you know, go do all kinds of crazy stuff I shouldn't have been doing. You know, uh, at 12 or so, a cousin and I had access to a car that was a. You want to see a dead body? I'll uh, run one over. Well, we could have because we had our own car. Uh, it was a 78 powder blue, blue Buick Skylark. We got the neighborhood pedophile to help uh, pretend to be our dad. You had a Mr. Dink? Yeah, we did. <laughs> Not that we touched, but, you know. Uh, my, my favorite. But he was interested. My favorite uh, My favorite word for, like, pedophilia, it, it's a British word. It's buggering. I've never heard of that yeah. term before. To bugger someone is usually as implied as, as a older man doing it to a younger boy. But it's that's to, creepy it's as to, hell. It's to anally penetrate oh, a young boy. God. Oh God, you, you bugger! We didn't. I did not expect to discuss <laughs> that today on Doug, but we are. <laughs> just really quickly, I just want to mention that the intro and and, and exit music is great. Uh, all the music is great. All the mouth, all the mouth music is great. Animation is its own weird thing. Um, uh, and Sean is correct. Buggery is the correct definition for that. That is, uh, thank you, thank you, Internet. Uh, the music, I, I I love the music. So don't explain Mr. Dink as a pedophile to your kid, and your kid can watch this. Mine liked this show a lot. Really, mine loved both of the this show and the next one we're going to watch next week because we watched her and I watched some Rugrats already, and she really like loves Doug. She, in fact, if you ask her to sing Doug, she knows the theme song. She'll sing it for you. And on and on pitch, too. Well, that's good. Yeah. No, she loves Doug. Um, it is definitely a weird descent into uh, another world, if you want to watch Doug. Um, it is for sure of its own time. But I would recommend it. Um, I guess I would recommend it to... Um... I'm sure kids would like it. I just Sean just hates the game. I hate yeah. I hate the game and the player because I'm both. Yeah, that's true. I just it's just it's to me it's it's a painful memory of what once was. <laughs> it's not so that's really what uh, we've pulled out the truth from Sean. No, and you know no. what? That's what that's what Kathy and I started talking about was I don't really like Doug because Doug reminds me a little bit too much of myself. 
Yeah. And I mean, I'm comfortable with that that's where I came from. So for me, I, I know I that's okay where I, I know that's where I came from and you I just don't want to think about I'm it. I'm glad I'm here is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not Doug anymore. I'm yeah. glad that I'm here. I'm yeah, I mean, neither of us probably wore sweaters and stuff but sweater vests. Sweater vests? Yeah. Sweater vests with like khaki shorts. Well, khaki shorts cuz I'm a dad. So that that's kind of a cargo normal. shorts cuz you're a dad. No, well, it's not like they're any different. Let's I, be fair. No, they're different. Because I'm not allowed to wear cargo shorts unless there is a distinct need for me to hold a lot of shit. Well, once you have kids someday, you'll be able to do that. Yeah. That will be your excuse. It's great. I loved cargo shorts in high school because I had like my TI-85 calculator oh, and all my yeah. pencils and shit and my cargo pants. It's a terrible fashion statement, but who cares? It's once utilitarian. You, yeah, once you have a kid, and it doesn't matter. You can just do it. It's fine. Nobody cares then. Yeah. And you don't care for sure. You're just happy you got a full night's sleep the night before. So yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like whatever. Uh, I would recommend Doug. I, at the end of the day. Yeah, I guess I would too. So that'll do it for this episode. If you want to find us and talk to us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at RemasteredCast. That is at RemasteredCast. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Childhood Remastered. Please rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The rating really helps us out. Yeah, and we'd also like to thank John Howarth for the use of our intro music, Nascent. You can find links to his SoundCloud on our website, childhoodremastered.com. So until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time.